Hey everybody, welcome back to Going For Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name is Hunter too. And we are now in season six of our podcast. We are so very excited. Dude, it feels like season five started like 21 days ago and now we're here. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Kind of seems like season one was just just two football seasons ago. Dude, it's uh, wild. I don't know how we keep on coming up with these seasons. That's crazy. It's like they wreck. It's not like we're making up the rules as we go. I mean, we're just. I feel like they should just, just tell us. I mean, we're just living life, and seasons are going by. Yeah. Yeah. We should just make so, a new um, season for every season of the year. So, like next week would be like the last one before. <laughs> season seven <laughs> before it became actually fall yeah <laughs> all right well uh so college football is officially back today was uh the, this week is week zero week I zero what it's called. should should be banned um yeah i don't really like it yeah it's kind of bad these teams just these teams get an extra bye week if they like it does this count as a bye week for mississippi state since we didn't play i don't know i don't know Question. Especially, like one team played a played a game in two teams played a game in Ireland, so maybe they should get a bye week or something. Um, I, don't know. I know that Northwestern has a bye week next week, but Nebraska does not. They didn't schedule Jeez. a bye week after playing overseas. Man, well, maybe they should have because they suck. But we'll we'll talk about it. Why later. they say overseas when it's over an ocean? Hmm. Maybe they had to fly over some seas, like the. Like the Black Sea or something, maybe to get to Ireland. I don't. I, I don't think they do actually. Um, I think it's just just the one body of water. <laughs> but I'm I'm on I'm on team. I think all bodies like all water should be considered the same body of water because like when do the oceans really get divided? Uh, there, um, there's like divides that are like pretty like evident. I know like different levels of like salinity and stuff like that, but like it's it's the same. One ocean. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team One sea, Ocean. Sea World has a promotion about One Ocean, so there you go. Mm-hmm. You're now Team Sea World. Um, I love I love me some Sea World. Shamu, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so we're gonna do a little intro, and it's not gonna be our, our typical like advice or, or movie quotes or movie. You act like it's ours. This is always just your part. It's my part, yeah, and I had an interesting Google search that Hunter's actually taken the reins on this past week. Um, so Why did I, I take the reins on that? Were you busy or something? I, I was a little bit busy. I had to take the MCT too. Oh, um, I've heard that one's tough. Dude, that one got so much harder since 8th grade. That's um, crazy. They, they upped their ante on that one. Anyway, so I had an interesting Google search. I remember that Laurel had a semi-pro baseball team at one time. and uh, They were called the Laurel Black Cats. So it was part of the Negro Leagues at one point. And um, so I just Googled the Laurel Black Cats, and the first thing that showed up was famous alumni from that team. And famous alumni include Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Satchel Paige. So my first thought was, holy crap, how did I never know about this? And my second thought was, wait, why did I not know about this? Because Laurel, Laurel should have like definitely... like said something about this. this is true like Laurel should have a statue and a plaque and something like everywhere that says these three players uh played for this team or even just the history of the team like outside of yeah. them like yeah 
So, Hunter, I want you to tell like what you've done this past week and kind of tell about what our goal with that is. Um, so I've I've kind of taken reins on this one, you know, as I do. I get a little bit obsessed. <laughs> uh, I got a subscription to something that lets me look through like old like Laurel Leader Call um, newspapers, which I think that's supposed to be public domain, but I don't understand how libraries work. Uh, so, um, I'm in my free trial right now, trying to get as much done as I can, uh, searching for the Laurel Black Cats, it brings up a lot, they were posted about weekly in the newspaper, their scores and everything, but it wasn't like a paragraph was written about them, it would be like, Laurel Black Cats, they're playing like the Birmingham something, and that would just be it, that was like, no, and Lefty Bell will be pitching, I'm like, how is this guy pitching every single game? Turns out that's what happens when you play, like, once a week. Um, yeah. Crazy. Um, but, yeah. Um, I searched everything uh, looking for validation for Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Satchel Page, all these greats. Um, and I did find verification that Satchel Page played there. Um, there's mentions of Hank Aaron uh, playing in Laurel. And there's mentions of Willie Mays playing uh, against some of the players that played there. But, I mean, the Wikipedia and, like, I've checked the sources of Wikipedia says pretty much that they, like, played for the Black Cats. So, just trying mm-hmm. to search some stuff out. Uh, did contact the Jones County Library about this. So, yeah. um, lady there, she was very nice. She's supposed to be searching through a bunch of stuff for me. I feel bad for that. Yeah. I wish I could just go there and help, but once again, I do not understand how libraries work. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a library card um, now, but for the wrong one. So, yeah, yeah. that's where we're at. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I did was, find I mean, out where they played uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. so that was pretty yeah. cool to find. Yeah, that was really cool that you told me that. <laughs> I, I did notice that on the Wikipedia page for the Laurel Black Cats, like those three players show up, but when you go to their individual. Like Wikipedia pages, like apparently their their stints with Laurel were not like important enough to put on their yeah. Um, I think like I on th- their records. I think the thing about it is that like groups of players, um, if you scroll a little bit down, it's like it's called barnstorming, and uh, higher up in the Negro League system, because this would just be like basically independent baseball, but for mm-hmm. like you know, like how it is. Um, yeah. So like. They'd still, like, be, like, like that league, but they wouldn't be, like, in, like, the major leagues of it. Like, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay. those teams still had feeder systems, and then there was independent ball that was also played. But it was still segregated yeah. and everything. Uh, and this is just yep. what they had to do. And, like, they would recruit players to come in from out of state and everything. And, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, like, made careers out of it, uh, whether they had to or, uh, I guess, I don't know. But, like... Yeah, it's like pretty crazy to like read through some of the history on it, hoping back to get some stuff on it because, I mean, honestly, for for Laurel, Mississippi, they, I mean, anything that's happened, they'll tell you about it, and I wasn't told about this, so I feel a little bit salty. Yeah, and just to um, like clear this up before we stop talking about it, um, the Laurel Black Cats were a team, for, I guess, from maybe the 1800s, early 1900s, something, until 2004. And then from 2004 to 2016, they had no no games. But then in 2016, uh, so apparently somebody from Jones um, just started the team back up, and it was obviously integrated at that point. Um, so 
they, they were a team. They won a state championship uh, in their short time back, and now they're no longer a team anymore. But um, maybe that'll come back at some point. That's that's it's pretty cool. I mean, the history of it all, um, and hopefully um, Laurel can kind of at least share a little bit of that uh, if we can find that it's true. Yeah, I just want to find some stuff on it. Honestly, it'd be really cool. Yeah. I feel like it's very. I mean. Hank Aaron's the best batter like ever. I mean, that's an argument that could be made. I'm pretty yeah. sure one of the batting titles is named after him. Um, yeah. Willie Mays, the MVP, is named after him, and then Satchel Paige is just a god. So, yeah, and he's boys, boys with Babe Ruth. So. Yeah, and boys with like everyone. It seems like so. Yeah, so it's really cool, and I didn't didn't expect the intro to go that long, but it's a lot of cool information that if you're a sports fan uh, and. Most of the people listening are from Laurel, so it uh, should be interesting to everybody. So anyway, uh, moving on uh, to the main point of the podcast. So each year, the Mississippi State um, uh, beat writers and media, they will answer these seven questions, and it's the same seven every year, and you compare your well, answers. Well, a few of them are, are different, you know, for every oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. You're right. Okay, so and the, so we answer these questions at the beginning, and, and the, the fun part is at the end of the year, you get to look at your answers and see how you stacked up against everybody else. And so obviously we're not considered unofficially in the Mississippi State media, but uh, we're, we're going to answer cool. these questions anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so we're going to answer these and just uh, kind of see the conversations that come off of those. So question number one is predict the final record, and we did that. 21 days ago back in season five um so what you got hunter i think we we're both seven and five on that one right yeah i think so yeah seems fair we both have, both had different routes to get there mm-hmm. both seven and five and both of us kind of admitted like our ceiling is randomly 11 and one and our floor is four and eight yeah because of the mike leach experience and knowing that we only have one true undoubt undoubted loss on their schedule mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you, Memphis. Um, <laughs> all right, question number two. Will Will Rogers throw for 5,000 yards this season? Last year, with the bowl games, to so all 13 games, he threw for 4,739. Um, and I'm just going to assume, you know, I know it may not seem like he's got much more um, improvement to be made. I mean, it's just kind of what he, he is, what he is. I think he's getting there. I really do. I think he's gonna gonna cross that five thousand yard mark. Yeah, um, I I pretty much have to agree with that, and that's a big part of why our season can go so different. Because honestly, Will can go out there and throw for forty five hundred, and we could win eleven games. We could win ten games, but he could throw for five thousand, and we could win six. Like, yeah. <laughs> like You're right. like for something that's like oh, the quarterback's most important. Yards really do not matter on this one. Um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm I think I'm gonna say yes. I mean that's not many more yards per game. It's like yeah, forty yards extra per game. Bad math. Don't listen to me. But I I, I think that's pretty attainable. Yeah, I really do think also that um, Mike Leach each year kind of shows a little bit more of like his willingness to to react and and adapt to. SEC defenses, or he realizes he won't have a job for very long. Um, so I, I do think we're going to run the ball a little bit more, and randomly, I think that's going to, you know, ultimately help the passing game more because yeah. once we become, when we become, you know, multi-dimensional, it's going to help out every aspect of the game. Um, 
So I, I think passing is going to become a little bit easier. And obviously, we're still using those running backs as receivers. Um, so I, I think more yards are to come for Will Rogers this year. Okay. Uh, huh? Will Woody and Dylan combine for over 1,000 yards rushing? And they had 901 last year. Right. I think I'm let you answer this one first. I think that's pretty much a yes. And, I mean, that's not... <laughs> that doesn't seem far-fetched at all. I mean, yeah, we, we had I, I we agree. had the games where they'd have, like, 13 yards. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, instead of having 13, have 30. And then have that improvement every game, and you're there, like, easily. Yeah. Um... I, I think I'm going to say no on this one. I know what I just said is going to kind of kind of kind of contradict that, but I'm going to say no here. Um, I, I I think they're going to catch a lot more balls this year. I think they're going to they're going to stay a, a big part of the receiving game. We're going to use a lot of their their passing their their receptions as runs basically. Yeah. Um, so I, I more touches, less not necessarily more runs. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. I, I think. I think that's. I didn't want to say no on that. Yeah, uh, I was pretty big proponent of giving them touches that weren't runs last year because a sneaky little thing, our run blocking wasn't great last year. I looked through some mm-hmm. of the spreadsheets and like games that we like focus on running the ball. Um, maybe I just hate our play calls when we run because we won't just run zone at yeah. a, a three man front. But I mean that's just me. But yeah. Yeah, I think just getting more touches outside. But if they could just run zone inside, I'd I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like it. All right, yeah, number four for us. Yeah, um, who will Mississippi State's leading receiver from the wide re- wide receiver position be? Um, so when Brian posed this question, he said uh, you can interpret interpret leading receiver as m- most catches, most yards. Uh, honestly, whatever you want. So okay. I'm gonna let you answer this one first. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go Jaden Wally this year. Okay. Um, he had a really big 2020 season when he was really one of the only targets, the serious targets we had last year. Uh, he had a decrease in in um, uh, productivity, but I mean, Makai Polk was was really really big for us. Obviously, Austin Williams catching a lot of balls too. Um, I think. Jaden Wally's going to step up, and I know they don't, he doesn't play the same position as Makai, but he's going to have to step up and take a lot of the production this year. Um, so whether it's yards or receptions or whatever, I think he's going to get a little bit of everything um, to, to try to make up for the what we lost with Makai Polk. Um, but, yeah, let's go Wally there. Yeah. Um, so for this one, as deep as our wide receiver room is, there's not many people that you can just, like, see as being that main guy other than, like, Wally. Because, I mean, yeah, Austin Williams is there. We know what Austin Williams is. All reliable. That, that's not going to change. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, if we're in a third and ten, we're throwing it to him. Yeah. And that's... Uh, Tulu is there. Um, that's going to change. That For him to be the leading receiver, it's going to take a change of play calling, which could happen. We could draw stuff up specifically for Tulu. But I think a, people want us to draw up a lot of stuff for Tulu. But I, th- I think be good I, th- I think if Tulu was that great, I think pe- I think teams would have been interested and had him transfer there. Um, yeah, I just think that we see Tulu, 
We see him get the kick returns. We see him get the ball in his hands sometimes and make big plays. But it's also compared to no yards after catch Mackay Polk and Austin Williams. Um, so yeah. I think that may be a little overblown, like how athletic Tulu is. I mean, they're all athletic. And also, I think it takes a different skill set to, to return punts and to be a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, and and yeah, Tulu is fast and everything, but like honestly, we don't even let we don't even let Tulu return punts. Like I'm not sure his hands are just that great. It's it's a weird um, thing. So you're kind of left with either is Wally going to do it out of the slot, or do you pick Caleb Ducking, who is going to take Makai's spot? And we've had three yeah. years of Caleb Ducking, and he hasn't really put up anything, but. He's in that spot that appears to be where Will likes to read first, um, mm-hmm. or at least that's that's what it looked like. So I think I'm going to go with Caleb Ducking just for how that seems to be. Like He looked that way when Makai was there. He's going to have that look that way when Ducking is there. Yeah, so um, that's my reason. So, r- remind me, Rara Thomas is our um, is kind of a big name that we're hearing right now. Who's the other wide receiver? Um, we got Jameer Calvin. Calvin's is back. Another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have know. Starkville guy. Yeah. What's what's his name? Uh, why did I just forget his name? I we got Scooby Ford. Um, I'm trying. Dude, how did we forget his name? Antonio Harmon? That's no, another guy. Rufus, Rufus, Har- Rufus, Rufus Harvey. Rufus Harvey. Sorry for that, everyone. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, sorry about that. I just had to know. Um, yeah, I mean, he had uh, a few breakout games last year. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but Rara and Rufus Harvey, the two R names, they just they both really did uh, show up at, at different times last year. So those are two names I, I guarantee you we're going to hear this year. And there's a lot of wide receivers. Just because of the depth that we have, mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking – Numbers 80 through uh, 87 in Jersey numbers are all wide receivers. Poor guys have bad numbers. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got uh, Rara Thomas, who just upgraded to number zero. Um, I guess Rara is another option, but yeah. Yeah. And he's the, he's the name everybody's been talking about in, in fall camp. So um, he really could be the, the leading receiver, uh, whatever your interpretation of that is. Yeah, but it also could be like Marquez Dorch. Like randomly, yeah. Like <laughs> really don't know. That's wild. Know. Anyway, that's gonna be a fun one to look at and to keep up with the rest of the year. But moving on, we're gonna go to top five or go to number five, which is top five in the SEC in total defense? Question mark. Um, so we were tops. We were number seven uh, in the SEC last year. So uh, explain what that means to us and give us your answer, Hunter. Um, I mean, if you look at the SEC, there's not many teams you'd be like wow it's a great defense so yeah. uh, be a little bit better than top half right okay so all right just, so like and, total defense is that like yards allowed okay gotcha i think i really didn't know i don't know if it's points you gotta exp- i don't know if it's points or like yards I'm, i don't know okay explain this to me like i'm five you know um yeah i mean it's another year with the zach Arnett defense that seems to be kind of feast or famine a little bit um I mean, it's either like, I don't know. Like some games, I feel like we're we're really really good, and I'm like, how is Zach Arnett still just a coordinator? How is he not at a big school or a head coach somewhere or something? Um, but then there's some games that it, it really shows. Like we might just not be as talented as I think we are. Um, so I don't know how to 
do this. I, I, I don't think we'll be top five, but I mean, top like number seven, like last year. I mean, okay. I think we're very middle, middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have a better pass rush. Um, a lot of people are saying Forbes is the best corner in college football. So, mm-hmm. um, not, not a projected first round pick. Though. Still not sure if he's better than Emerson. Uh, yeah. but we'll see how he locks it down. Our, our DBs look pretty good. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Like our safeties don't look like they're horrible. Our D line looks good. Our linebacking core is all together. So I, I, I like missing Brulee, but ooh, what did he do last year? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. I think it was, it was like every other week. It was like, you know, when's, when's Brulee gonna do something? He did a lot during Mickey Mouse season, but yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um. So I'm gonna say yeah. I think we got better on that side of the ball. Okay. So like yeah, it. that's pretty much it. And I think teams that we play got way worse offensively. Right. I mean, I like Arkansas lost I mean, their one, leading one, receiver. One. Ole Miss lost their team. Texas A&M. Yeah. I don't know what to think, but we're beating them. Yeah. Um, Who's their quarterback this year? Huh. I think Hayes King. He did. He did Ooh, great wee. last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the one that almost lost to Colorado. I think. Was that? Oh, when he was when he was at A&M. Yeah. He was at A&M last year. Okay. He, yeah. I think I think yeah I think it was Hayes King. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, he's the one that like they, broke his foot or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, he's gonna come back," and he just didn't because they went eight. And Zach Calzada came came to the rescue. <laughs> Thanks All for right, beating Tama. Question number six: We got what game that we predict State to win? Uh, are they most likely to lose? So, gotta go. Kind of go back and remember what our predictions were last week, uh, or last episode. Um, I know I predict us to beat, um, I think. I'll, I'll do mine while you're thinking. Okay, okay so I, I predicted us to beat Georgia, and mm-hmm. I believe I predicted us to beat LSU, uh, I think. Okay, I, I remember that. I think I, think I, I, think I may have. Um, so I have to choose between those. LSU, it's in Death Valley, but we caught them early. Georgia, I, f- I feel like I should be more scared of Georgia, but I'm just not because we're playing them in Starkville late in the season and how we played them in 2020 and how much they're losing and everything. And Stetson Bennett is their quarterback, but I guess he did win a national title. He was the best quarterback on earth for like three drives. But I, I, I pretty much have to say that defending champions. So Georgia... You gonna say Georgia? Yeah. Okay. Um, I predict us to beat uh, A and M, and I would say that that's the team we're most likely to lose to. But it's in. For, it doesn't matter if it's in Starkville or College Station. It's A and M, and we're Mississippi State, so we're we're winning that game. Um, I I think I said we we're gonna beat LSU as well, but I think we're gonna beat them. Um, all these games seem to make sense. I also said we're going to be Ole Miss, and that game just never makes sense. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the game that we're most likely to lose. Um, they're going to go for the three P, and hopefully we win. But I, I predicted that. But I think that we could lose that game very easily. Um, it just—I want you. Hey, could you explain to to 
the listeners what their season looks like, by the way. Okay, let, let me jump over to that. That's uh, a very silly one. Um, yeah. Uh, let me just, let me just, you know, go over to their schedule. This is good podcasting. Okay, mm-hmm. so to start off the season, they have Troy. Then next, they have Central Arkansas. Sitting 2-0, and looking pretty good. And then they have Georgia Tech. So, sitting nice, 3-0. and uh, Then they have Tulsa. So you're sitting 4-0. and And then Kentucky comes to town. Uh, don't really know what to think of Kentucky, but, I mean, you can count that as a win for Ole Miss very easily. Like, mm-hmm. So they're sitting at 5-0 and right there. And then Vanderbilt. So you were 6-0. and And then you have yep. Auburn at home, mm-hmm. at LSU, at A&M versus Alabama. At Arkansas and then the Egg Bowl, but like honestly, they could be. I mean, be a little I mean, bit better than Kentucky, and you could be undefeated going into Bama. Yeah, I, I've never seen somebody have seen a team have their four non-conference games, the first four games of the season. And I guess it's good and, for them since their quarterback battle is still going on. So you can kind yeah. of do what Michigan's doing, where the one's getting one. One's getting two, and then the third is going to be the winner of it. So yeah, I I, I just have never never seen that before, and um, I I don't know. It, it seems wild. Um, yeah, I mean the, they could lose. I mean Tulsa and Georgia Tech are the two. I mean obviously of the of the four non conference games, those are the two that I guess could be competitive. Tulsa's not good, and Georgia Tech. Uh, they're not good either, but I mean, they're more competitive than the first two. And Kentucky is by no means a gimme game, but I mean, who knows? You could easily count it as, like, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. That's that's a that's a very very backloaded schedule that I'm I'm excited to see how that works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, question number seven is the last one of these media questions. What game that we predict state to lose are they most likely to win? And I'll go with this one first. Um, and this one's pretty easy for me. I predicted just to lose to Kentucky simply because they were playing that game in Lexington. We, we haven't played a good game in Lexington since maybe 2014. I don't oh know. And, and even, even then, uh, I mean, we were number one for the first time ever, and it, we had to run back an onside kick at the end to like make it a two-score game. Um, so it, it may have been even, even further back than that, maybe 2012 or 2010, something like that. Um, but it hasn't been a fun few years uh, going to Lexington. So I predict us to lose that game. But on paper, I mean, I, I think that we match up well. Uh, we, we handle them in Starkville pretty easily. And Will Levis is supposed to be the top 10 quarterback, top 10 NFL draft pick. And I don't understand that. Um, but I, I think that's the game that uh, I predict us to lose, most likely to win. What you got? Jack, I actually went and looked back. I predicted us to go 8-4, and four, I believe. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's a thing. And I actually predicted us to lose to LSU. So Did you? Yeah. So, yeah. You're just, you're just a liar. So I'm just wrong. <laughs> um, so I'll change that last one here real quick. Um, okay. Uh, most likely... I predict them to win. So that one goes to Georgia, pretty evidently. Um, So first answer is Georgia. Second answer. Most likely to win. 
Who did I predict us to lose to? Um, Alabama? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's I predict us to lose to Auburn. So. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Auburn. So that's pretty easy. Sorry for mm-hmm. the bad podcasting there, but I thought I remembered what we said. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... Um... That's all for the media questions, and we are really going to do our best at the end of the season. Um, go back and look at our answers to that, and we probably won't make a podcast about it, but we'll look at it. Um, so, good luck. You just have to go, come back and find this yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Please don't. Last thing we <laughs> next thing we wanted to do, not the last thing. Next thing we wanted to do is uh, in light of uh, seeing Desmond Howard's Final Four uh, playoff teams for this year. We wanted to make our own version of that and make it um, something that could actually possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his, for reference, Texas A&M, Pitt, Baylor, and Michigan. He picked um, three teams that won't be top three in their conference. With Texas A&M beating Michigan in the national championship. So, oh my gosh. just think about that one while you're going to sleep at Dude, night. I don't know. They got the number years. one recruiting class. How many of them are going to play? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dude, they're going eight and four. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And if they anyway. don't, oh no, I didn't get owned. Your Texas A&M do better than eight and four. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be better than Mississippi State, be better. Yeah. Like. All right. So I've got my answer for this, and I know you do too. I'll go first. Um, and I'm mine are going to be very chalk, and I, I admit that. But um, here's my answers. So, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, and Texas. Okay, I like that. Um, Mine's very similar. Um, My number one is Alabama. They're going undefeated. Um, Number two, Ohio State. They're going undefeated. Mm -hmm. Number three, USC. Okay. And then number four, here's the weird one. Um, probably going to get there with one loss, but BYU. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at their schedule, it's 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 like perfectly set up for a non-Power 5 team that can lose one game and still make it. They have a bunch of teams that aren't, like, that are kind of overrated, you could say. Um, they have Baylor coming off of last year. Oregon, first-year mm-hmm. head coach. Notre Dame, first-year head coach. Arkansas, no Traylon Burks. We don't know what that team's going to be like, and I think they're in the top 15. So, like, okay. it's it's a, it's a weird one, and, like, there is not much other than those four. And I guess Liberty's there, but kind of tired of thinking Liberty's very good. Um, yeah. It's it's a weird one. I think they could lose one of those games and easily be in. I mean, beating Oregon, yeah. beating Notre Dame, beating Arkansas, beating Baylor. I mean, you you have three of those on your resume. You're probably there. And I don't really trust anyone behind Ohio State and Alabama to just like go undefeated. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not like there's just gonna be another team that's left out. So yeah, I think they're just gonna be sitting there. Yeah. All right. I like it. All right. So, 
Next thing we got is that football actually started today, and I wasn't able to watch much of it, but you did. So, mm-hmm. um, and you're, I guess you're still watching it now because Vanderbilt and Hawaii are playing as we yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what you got, and especially specifically in the Nebraska and Northwestern games? Yeah, that is going to be the only game that we talk today. about. Um, okay, yeah. so Nebraska comes out, and Casey Thompson uh, played at Texas last year. You know, lost to mm-hmm. Kansas. Um, but he comes out and led like one of the best drives I've ever seen uh, to start the game, and it was just beautiful. It was like eight plays, seventy-five yards, just perfect. Yeah. Nothing went wrong. I think it was like one incompletion on a drop. I was yeah. like, okay, this guy's good. All of Twitter was like, okay, we gotta bet on this guy for the Heisman. And 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 then, you know, it he was playing okay, typical Nebraska tomfoolery. And then, uh, late in the first quarter, uh, Northwestern gets kicks a field goal, and then Casey Thompson goes back and scores. And then I'm trying to remember when is the onside kick? It was when they were up eleven. Okay, so so it goes into the third quarter. Um, at the end of the second, at the end of the first half, um, Northwestern made it a game, uh, brought it back mm-hmm. to. Uh, 14 actually they took the lead at 14-3 and then Nebraska took it back and it was 14-10, 14-17. And then to start the third quarter, uh Nebraska does like really good uh two two straight touchdowns and then up 11, uh, 9 minutes left in the third quarter. They onside yeah. kick it. Oh gosh. And from that point, the Nebraska offense never did anything again. And Northwestern just played, like, the best brand of just keep away ball. We're running the ball every time. And yeah. Dude, so, so from 28-17, you kick your onside kick. Uh, Nebraska doesn't score. And then Northwestern goes and wins 31-28. I know that was a horrible, like, talking through that. I'm tired. But, yeah, <laughs> dude, it was just hilarious. It's a, and, it's a fun first day of football. I mean, like... That really game had no reason to, to be good. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I can see the win probability thing. Um, so it looks like Nebraska had an 84% chance of winning it <laughs> at the end of the third. So that's just... Man. <laughs> dude. Actually, it was 88 when they kicked the onside kick. Dude. I, I don't know. And then the people were like, dude, they should... <laughs> They should leave Scott Frost on the runway in Ireland. <laughs> but but that yeah. was a really fun game to watch for no reason. But yeah, you know, Big Ten West it's just it's the league of shootouts. That's right, exactly. <laughs> all right, so that gets you caught up on all the football that happened today that matters. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt yeah, scored twenty eight points so far. What's the score? Uh, twenty eight to ten. Hawaii driving. Wow. They just. Okay. Tried to throw a wide receiver screen on third and two, and I think they went backwards. So. And Vanderbilt's on the rise. They're one of the best programs in the country, for sure. Before long. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, the only thing we've got left, and I, I say the only thing, this is what we look forward to every single week it's Instagram questions. But mm-hmm. before yeah. we do that, I have one question that I'm looking at right now from an Instagram post. That's not a question from a listener. But Hunter, I have a question for you. Who are the five teams since 2014 
who have not been ranked at all in the AP poll. Oh, wow. Um, Rutgers? Yeah, that's one. Vanderbilt? Yep. Let, let, let me, since 2014. Um, I can give hints whenever you need them. Has Maryland? Yes, they've been ranked as high as 21. Oh, that's gross. That shouldn't count. Uh, are these Power 5 or FBS? All Power 5, yeah. Okay, all Power 5. Okay, that takes a lot out of my thinking. Um, Kansas? Yes. Okay, Kansas is one, so I'm at three right now out of five. Out of five. Um, when was the stupid Missouri year? Ah, uh, surely Drew Lock got them ranked. Um, yeah, they got up to 14. Ooh, wow, look at them. Big shots. Um, Wake Forest got ranked last year. Um, <laughs> Arizona got ranked during Khalil Tate. Um, up to number eight, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk through this. Uh, Colorado, I don't think, has been good through that. They were up to number nine at one point. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch football. Um, okay, I'm going to give you the conferences real quick. Okay. So we got Big Ten and Pac-12. Okay. So Big Ten and Pac-12. It's a dumpster team in the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA was ranked, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is very good podcasting. I just want to know, but don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> How do I not know this? All right. I'm going to start giving you hints. Okay. Give so me some hints. For the Pac-12 one, the Civil War. Excuse me? The Civil War is the bowl game between what two teams? Is it Oregon State? No. No. Yeah, it's Oregon State. Okay. Really? And then and then <laughs> in the Big Ten, they beat um, Wisconsin one time and played the jump around song while they were storming the field. Uh, and they were in our they were in our top twenty five. Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in between Illinois and Indiana, but I knew Indiana was ranked last year. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was a, I was a, I would have gotten the three that you got, and I would have been done. Um, I cannot believe Oregon State hasn't been. I know. It's I weird. guess I just get them confused with Oklahoma State like every year. So. Yeah, and I just kind of assume that Oregon State's good. Like that Oregon Oregon State, like they're just good. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, we don't have many questions today, so um, I, I just wanted to kind of fill some time with that. But our two questions, one comes from Drew Robinson, the other comes from Brooks Taylor. First one's from Drew. Which new head coach in the SEC this season um, are you most intrigued by? And uh, I kind of want to answer this one first. So okay. I can see Billy, Billy Napier just taking over a dumpster fire at Florida and just throwing uh, – some like lighter fluid on it and just watching it burn even higher yeah. or I could see him like being the good coach that we've seen him be at Louisiana Lafayette and take them to a team that can make it to the SEC championship again like, I, I really don't know and I want to believe it's going to be the first one because I just kind of want to believe that 
all that wasn't Dan Mullen's fault, but it might have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, dude, he was one year away with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. You just, we just know it. Like just like he was a year away with Keaton Thompson. Dude, um, and I think so. I listened to unnecessary reference with Brandon Walker, and Brandon Walker gets so mad about them firing uh, Dan, and I think it's just because he sees Anthony Richardson is Dak, like. Yeah, it really is. And just give him a year. And he's got him. <laughs> I mean, he was Danny's pretty successful with Kyle Trask. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. It's because he didn't re- out recruit Georgia. But you know who's not going to out recruit Georgia? Billy Napier. Billy Napier. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, obviously Billy Napier is my answer just because it can go one of two extremes. Um, Florida seems to be that kind of school. Like they're either really good or they're really really bad. Um, and it's it's it seems like it's because of coaching and the, the past few coaching hires that they've had between Jim McElwain and Will Muschamp. Like they've got some snoozers, and they just kind of pulled the plug on Dan Mullen a little early in my future opinion, but, SEC Network host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Billy Napier is my choice. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Brian got, Kelly. Yeah, that's a really good one yeah. too. That kind of speaks for itself. He was like a pretty a, good coach. And then very good coach. And then LSU just hired him away. Like I feel like that's not talked about enough. You had a guy that was like constantly in the top ten, went to the playoffs twice, went to the national championship yeah. once, and then like it's it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, they just I, hired I, I him away. I, I don't think I think about that enough. So um, yeah, that is, that is a really good answer, and, and that's that's just intriguing because you're like this really can only go one way. Like obviously. It, it's, it's going to work out, surely. Um, so Every coach. Like, isn't that the past three coaches for LSU have won Natty? Yeah. And like, right. there's been some bad coaches in that list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's going to be fun to see see what LSU turns into, see how high they can go. Now, the next question, last question we have is from Brooks Taylor. It's a non-SEC question, but what is the uh, – will the Sun Belt be good for USM? I think – Pretty much yes. Um, yeah. I think going through realignment, you can't sit there and get left out. And it, it really is poor timing that Southern Miss isn't like how they were, like when they were like constantly like eight, nine wins, it's ten mm-hmm. sometimes randomly, and like always like pretty much in the CUSA championship. Because like if yeah. realignment happened and they were how they were then the big 12 would have called them like yeah that would have been a better game I mean, it's than like, memphis it's like houston yeah uh, going to one of those conferences like, yeah like mississippi would have three power five schools in that case mm-hmm. which would be insane yeah. but i think it's good for them uh i think jumping ship from the cusa cusa was never really anything it was mm-hmm. It was the people that didn't get into the American, I, th- I think, is what I understand. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. during realignment, the Sun Belt kind of just jumped them. So, yeah. I mean, who'd you leave there? Uh, the best team there is... I mean, UTSA was good last year, but that was weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't really know. And then the Sun Belt is, is like, actually good. <laughs> yeah, and it, it... I mean... I'm just looking at the teams, and Southern Miss, I, I think, has a good chance of, of being like, 
you know, a top half team, you know, in there, if, if they can just just get some stuff if, right. And I mean, they'll go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know there, there how are the a lot talent of teams. is in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, that surely just the jump from the Conference USA to the Sun Belt, although as like SEC fans, it, it may seem like that's not too big of a jump, but on a national scale, it, it is. And I'm yeah. sure they're going to get a lot more money. And, I mean, and Louisiana, Lafayette, and App State are like, and Coastal. Like, those are three big ones. <laughs> I mean, Coastal was a, what, probably a top 15 team yeah. years ago. Um, just just because they, they want to, they just went undefeated in their schedule. Yeah. Um, and then like James Madison coming up from uh, FCS, like that's big. Like, yeah. Like, so I mean, it's like you, you're going from a conference USA where I think you could go undefeated and maybe play in the, maybe, maybe an Outback Bowl or something. And maybe. now it's like you, you control your own destiny. Like if you go undefeated in this, you have, they have to consider you for a, and they're by far the best baseball team in that. No, yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. Um, so that, that'll be really good come spring. Um, it, it'll be a really, really good. Um, you, you, people will really start seeing the benefit there. But again, like if if you go undefeated in the Sunboat Conference, I, I'm not saying it's a New Year's Six Bowl, but I mean it's like it matters a whole lot in, more. You, you have to be in the conversation. Yeah. You know? um, so it, you control your destiny destiny a lot. More. And it's the fun bound. Um, yeah, it has a cool nickname. So, well. I think that's going to do it for today. Um, Somehow we, we, we rattled much... off 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was getting close to an hour. So, um, yeah, we didn't have too much Mississippi State content to talk about today. Um, you know, obviously because they're not playing. But uh, next week we will be able to preview a game for the first time this season. Actually, we may start a new season next year. Next week. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, but thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you, I know we hadn't done this too too often, uh, but if you have any suggestions on how we can make the podcast better, we're always looking to improve and, and see how to better engage with you guys. Thank you for sending in questions, and hopefully that'll get better next week. And uh, we will see you guys back on Going for Two with Jack Taylor next week. $200. Who was the last Mississippi State coach to beat Nick Saban? Uh, Krum? Yeah. Um, who has... What Power 5 team has the longest winning streak right now? Um, Baylor? Mm-mm. It's a team that had a bad year last year. Oh, gosh. Tennessee? Clemson. Ooh. They had a really bad ten and three season. Hi, <laughs> bye y'all. Bye. We didn't really leave. <laughs>